1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Stung by the Hornets at home. A disappointing 2-0 loss to Watford. We chew the fat on that one. But we're looking ahead now to the next one in the Premier League. That's Brighton and Hove Albion away at the Amex Stadium. Your away perspective comes from Albion Raw podcast. We also discuss having alcohol drinks in the stands at games, Molyneux redevelopments. Also, there's a quiz with a movie theme too, plus much, much more. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the 77 Club. Your pundits this week are Harry Mansell. Hello everyone. Dan Bayliss. Hello Wolves fans. And Jack Williams. Hello there. So, a first home defeat in 15 games since the loss to Nottingham Forest. Harry, you were there, you were vlogging it. We were sat next to each other, sort of with our head in our hands at at points, especially for that 58 seconds of uh, self-destruction. Yeah, um, well, up until that point, not much happened, did it? It was a bit of a boring affair. And all of a sudden that shot pings in, which I thought took a deflection at the time, but uh, it seems it just went straight through. But yeah, disappointing and... um, you're just not used to it, are we? Not used to losing. <laughs> because we were talking to Watford fans, weren't we, Harry, before the game, and they were very, very confident. They was, yeah. And uh, I kind of look an idiot because on the video I'm like, what? Are you mad, mate? You know, you've just lost 4-0. We're flying. But yeah, I think right to be. Because they're a good side, aren't they? So um, they've turned it up and I think they reacted well to their last uh, loss. Jack, on the away perspective last week, uh, we asked them... Um, did we think Wolves who who do we think the Wolves danger men were and he said we'd have any and uh, he wasn't far off was he <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually obviously I wasn't on last week so I've returned after a week off so I, I did, didn't really hear that but um, oh, cheers yeah yeah <laughs> no no I, 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 no I did listen but I was a bit drunk on the train on the way I didn't really take much of it in, if, if, if I'm honest but I always listen don't worry I'm your number one fan <laughs> um, but yeah we didn't create anything it was flat I think the international break really honestly didn't help us at all it you know, we were flying before then, and it's really hit us at a really bad time. Um, we didn't create anything. Um, 
it, there, there was just it was just very very disappointing. I don't know if it's just because we've all got complacent, and including us as fans have got complacent. Because I thought the atmosphere was flat, to be honest with you. When you think back mm. to when we you know played Everton or when we played Man City in those games, it was buzzing, and you were excited about it. You were excited about the game all week, and I just I just didn't have that same feeling against coming off an international break and playing Watford. So I think we have got a bit complacent. We got into a game suddenly now in the Premier League where we're favourites to win, and there was just an air of complacency around around the whole place, and it showed on the players and the fatigue showed in the players and the one thing you we do think now is looking at our squad and looking at other teams squads is I don't think we have the depth to maybe that the other teams do and we do need to strengthen in January I know Nuno does that he knows that as well but we're going to down within uh, you know 60 seconds of her and we don't know what to do and at one point we're playing our, our get out of jail plan is to put what five wingers on the pitch and <laughs> that's basically, that's basically what happened they, wherever point. they can fit in <laughs> and so, so yeah I don't know I think it is sort of a crash back down to earth really but hopefully as we've seen Nuno do many times in the past in the championship and you know in the Premier League with the Leicester result is we bounce back from these things so hopefully he'll get us rolled up for Brighton but yeah it was flat and disappointing if I'm honest Dan, what did you make of the substitutions? I don't think it was anything to do with the substitutions. I think Vinagra actually showed himself pretty well when he got onto the pitch. He created he a couple of chances pretty quickly. I don't think it was complacency, in my opinion. I think it was two footballing teams that played a very similar style of football. But I think what really told is that Watford have been doing this a little bit longer than we have, and they ground it out. And when they got their one chance, they took it, and it was a nice strike. Went through Cody's legs, which is a... Fair enough, the keeper saw it late, but that was the sort of Premier League football that we should be expecting. So however you want to address it, whether us being poor or them being better than us, you can't really not what, what Watford did and, and belittle Wolves and say we were bad. I don't think we were particularly bad. We had a couple of minute spell where Premier League quality and consistent Premier League quality really showed out. What do you mean by Premier League quality? I d- you could just tell, couldn't you? The way they were passing the ball around... In that first sort of 20 minutes, it was fairly even. We had the ball, they had the ball. No real proper chances came about. And then they had, they had half a sniff, they took it, goal, done. And then now what? we went to sleep, they got a second, and that's pretty much game over. You could, tell on, you could tell Saturday that no matter how long we'd have played that football game, we probably wouldn't have scored a goal. Second half, I thought we were quite good. I thought we controlled the ball well. I thought we played good football, but we never looked like scoring. Whereas they had their opportunity early, took it, pretty much killed the game almost three substitutions the only reason I bought up the point is what do you mean by Premier League quality is that um, Jimenez was taken off after 60 minutes he was in action for Mexico in midweek mm. you know only a couple of days yeah, rest fair enough. Johnny was taken off at half time for the first time he was playing for Spain played in two games there not full games uh, and Doherty as well those are the three substitutions they were both playing for their country I'll let you come back on that yeah I think your point that you made in the vlogs quite right that there probably isn't a plan B as such and that we play a style of football and Nuno believes in that style of football to get results out of it. And there probably were some fatigued players on the pitch trying to play to that very high standard that we saw. But I can't, I can't see what the substitutes did wrong. I think in the second half we came out and gave it a real good go, but we just didn't look like properly scoring. I think when we talk about quality and when we talk about what happened, it, it's all to do with the first half and not that second where we were the better team. Harry, Connor Cody, talk to me. What is there to say? Um, he went through his legs for the goal, but I don't know. I don't really want to uh, criticise like, or focus on one player, to be honest. I just think the international break, like Jack said, was a big factor. We did have a lot of players that have been away and whatever. Jim and uh, 
yeah, Jimenez particularly was not very good and obviously we pointed out that he played didn't he on the Wednesday early and I think Watford was just really up for it and we went into it thinking we were going to win and Watford are a good team man so it was it is just weird and I mean looking back at the beginning of my vlog like you mentioned how confident I was and other Wolves fans were I think we've just got to learn that these things are going to happen when we're at home and we think we should win in this league it's not always going to be that way and we played way below par and they turned up and they were up for it and they did the job on us they got the two early goals and shut up shot really it's kind of Cody talking to Wolves TV first half we never played like ourselves if I'm being honest with you I thought we were a little bit far off it from where we have been second half we come out and we had a goal but they had a 2-0 cushion and they could sit in and defend and they're a good side listen every team's a, a good team in the Premier League and when you switch off like we did in the first half they punish you and the second goal kills us really straight after they've just scored the first you've got to manage the game better we've got to start from the kick-off better but it's one of them we've, we've been beat now we've got to brush ourselves down the goal again Dan bring you in on that yeah no I think he's completely right what he said isn't he we did. We shaped it fairly well. There was a good opening set, as I've just said, and they killed it. I, it was real Premier League quality. It's what we sort of saw at Leicester, even though we had a way better start than what we had. It was that was that's proper Premier League football, where a team gets their sniff, takes it, and can take you out of the game very quickly. And it's how you react to it. And I actually thought we reacted quite well, even though we lost two nil. I thought we reacted quite well. It's just the manner in how both the goals went in, because they were so quick fire. It just knocked us completely. And the 10 minutes after the first two goals, we were being completely dominated. And I think we did well to come back in the second half and have a bit of a controlling factor, even though we didn't get the goal. Harry? Yeah, it reminded me, it just made me think of it because we were speaking to Aaron a bit after the game. It reminded me of that. Remember the Forest game when we lost 2-0? Uh, I mm-hmm. think it was January. That's the last time we lost at home. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of that, where you just knew. I think like Bayless said, we could have played all day, we wouldn't have scored. It's just one of those games. And in particular... Uh, the front three but Jota again I don't want to keep saying this now he's really got to up his game because if he doesn't he has to I think he has to change against Brighton personally but knowing Nuno I don't think he will but I'd put Cav in there as a starter but yeah Jota needs to up his game and um, I've, I've seen a stat uh, online that there's been no assist or goal from Jota and Costa in the league yet this season which is pretty worrying considering where they play I don't think we can be all not that you are being doom and gloom but I don't think we can be doom and gloom about it i Jota has oh, no. been the one that's looked slightly off the boil and it might be time to give Cav a go because he's had a couple of times where he's come on and looked good but it's just it's it's a weird point for us to be in I don't think we'd have thought we'd have been on as many points as we are to start with fair enough we didn't play very well and we haven't got the points that we thought we would from the game but I don't think it's one to be particularly disheartened by now fair enough in four games time if we lose to Brighton lose to Tottenham lose the next one oh god y- y- yeah and that's a possibility but I think as fans we've got to realise that that could happen. That could happen. Brighton's not an easy place to go. Tottenham are a good team. I think the one after is that Arsenal away straight after. Yeah. Bayless, have you been watching videos of Chris Eubank just going off on a long, <laughs> long tangent? We are all warriors in this game that is football. <laughs> is the warriors code? It is the code of the warriors. Uh, Jack, thoughts on Howard Acosta? Well. If you go, go back not long ago, he was getting plaudits on pretty match of the day, wasn't he, for how, how well he's playing. I'm not having a go here, I just, I just want your thoughts so, on it. Yeah, I, I, after, after a game like Saturday, and with the questions that have been around the wingers, um, you know, ever, ever present since the, from the start of the season, really, there have been questions over uh, the, the two wingers, Jota and Costa. So are we going to go through the whole season with name the same 11? No. Is now the time to shake it up? Potentially, yes, but I think most people, even I, I'm a big Jota fan, but I would probably say that if you're going to change one of them, you change Jota over, over Costa. 
But going back to my earlier little rant, one thing I would just like to say is that I think Watford, which echoing the other boys' sentiments, Watford played really well. Like we, I hate it when Wolves go and win somewhere away and you hear the home fans speak and they're just like, oh, we were just terrible today. The reason they won is because they're terrible. We were rubbish. We are off the ball. They played some really good stuff and they played through us on occasion like we've gone to places and played through them. Mm. So their midfield just bossed it mm-hmm. on the day and I thought our midfield was poor. So you've got to give credit to them. They're a decent footballing team and they look more like finishing seventh than we do at the moment based on that performance, I would say. Here's Nuno. Tough. Knew that it was going to be a tough game. Bad result. I think the first half of a bad performance. Very bad, 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 bad performance. They were better than us. They were better than us. They achieved the goals and after we, we react, but good reaction in the second half in terms of attitude, not in terms of, of the game, of, of how we did things. And we have to, to move on. Harry, we don't really hear him talk like that very often and it is quite telling. And I think I turned to you, Jack, and said, I think it was only one occasion we could think of where we lost a game and then the next game we hadn't won it uh, which I think was after, after Leicester we drew against Man City that was, off, yeah. that was off the top of my head I don't know if that's true but somebody will correct us in that us. case yeah, yeah. Um, but we, we don't hear him talk like that normally do yeah, we Harry no he was very critical and I think rightly so I think it probably shocked him how bad we were first half to be honest And um, but yeah like we've said it was the international break and as we've said a lot of times and as we all know the response that Wolves have shown under Nuno in the past where we've had a bad performance has been absolutely brilliant so let's just hope that we get this reaction we need when we play Brighton which won't be an easy game by the way yeah I don't think he was critical though I think he was honest well we're what, be honestly we're, critical yeah, yeah honest criticism <laughs> constructive criticism were what for the better team in the first half yes and for a manager to come out and say they were better than us takes a bit I think takes a bit of bollocks to say say someone's better than you Abdoulaye Decor was the danger man for Watford we highlighted him on the podcast before the game last week and he really was a powerhouse wasn't he Harry he set up both the goals yeah he's a very good player and um, I thought their midfield particularly was good they were quite narrow in midfield and I think it worked really well for them and Kapua who, got the, who scored the first goal was a very good player as well they're just a good team they've got a lot of good players haven't they and when they're on it which they showed at the beginning of the season they're on it and um, they've had their little blip and they're up for it and they just showed how classy are so like we've said I think um, we can't be too disheartened because Watford are a good team and I think we'll be in a similar position as them at the end of the season like mid-table so What does it tell you Bayliss that Cavalera comes on for Jimenez Bonatini stays on the bench Yeah I think that's a situation that we've probably discussed at length maybe not we've come down to the exact point of what happened Saturday but he isn't good enough we've said it for four or five months now haven't we Mm. I saw a tweet today saying that oh anyone criticising Bonatini is thinking well very very short memory sort of along those lines of oh, I saw that Sam yeah without, yeah, without his goals last season uh, we wouldn't be where we are now right. and that's bollocks, absolutely bollocks. true that's a very no, good no, point it's true no but it's, it's true it's not it's because industry. no 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 no, it's, no 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 that's not what I said you've got to listen I'm listening that's not what I said that's not what I said I said without his goals last season we wouldn't get promoted do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Without his but, exact goals, yeah. Did, but Bailey, you can't... Yes, right, it's a performance okay, yeah, industry. So what, yeah. If you don't score in 20 games not in a row, you aren't good enough. Said. Not what I said. No, it's not. But you can't... No, right. So you what, can't, you, what, okay, what, so what you, I'm saying you is... You can't, you, you can't levy you that against what why he's been talking? doing for the last six months. Why are you talking? To try and come back at it. That's I'm literally about... I haven't asked you a question yet. Oh, well. What did I ask you? You asked, would he have got... Would we have gone up without his goals? Yeah, we probably would have. Right, so... Yes... What I'm saying is that if you if you not, if you need to move on, then you need to get a better player in, which is the point that you were making off the back of that. 
which is true. Now, the first ever car wasn't as good as a car is now, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you have to, there's a process to get from A to B, but most of the time you're not going to be doing it when you're at A as you're at B. I'll bring you in now. I quite like that. I like the car analogy is that we're still in Jack's old Saxo that he killed two years ago. And, the- and, and you're in the car that your girlfriend pays for. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, shots fired. But true. I'm not going to comment on. I'm not going to comment on my car. Um, <laughs> to be fair, p- parking it outside the house she bought as well. Um, it's a nice car, but it's been upgraded from weaker models, and that's the position I am now in. And when you're in the Premier League and scoring goals is the business of the game of football, you should be upgrading when you can. When we're spending the money we are and we've got the ability to do what we can, you shouldn't have a guy that hasn't scored in 20 games. Going back to your original point, Sam, on that tweet, what he was saying, that lad was, you've got to appreciate what he did at the beginning and people are being very personal and nasty about Bonatini because of how bad he's been. I agree with that. Like I've criticised him a lot, but I've always said, look, I want him to do well. I'm sure he's a nice fella and that. But just on footballing terms, obviously... I don't think he's good enough, but they, I think what that lad was saying was fans have been very, very like critical and going a bit too far in criticising him. And you know, if he see if he looks at social media, Bonatini, I bet he's thinking, Jesus Christ. So yeah, I think what he was saying is like support them no matter what, and uh, just don't go overboard when someone's having a bad time. Yeah, I mean he's not even getting game time at the moment to even have a go at him about. You know, yeah. that's the thing. That was my point. Then I was going to say it's very hard to be critical of him this season because. The only, only few occasions he's been on, he's actually done all right, I think. Good point. So, and he, yeah. you know, he's actually he's done okay. That assist at West Ham, that's probably some of the only minutes he's had. But we said it last week after Palace, if you're Bonatini and you're sat on the bench and suddenly they start bringing on Sace and Cavalero to play up front in, instead of you and you're the only this, the one of two strikers at the club, you've got to be sat there thinking, what's going on here? Really? If, if they'd rather play a winger and a defensive midfielder in your position ahead of you, then that's going to do nothing for your confidence either, is it? Okay, well, that sums up Watford. Let's get your away perspective, which comes from Albion Raw. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Uh, Alan, thanks for coming on to begin with. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. It's one of those ties, isn't it? I think, obviously, beating Newcastle and beating West Ham in the last two games on a little bit of a roll at the moment. Uh, Wolves, sort of, with their tails between their legs, as it were, uh, after that Watford game. There's four points separating the two sides in the table. How do you expect Brighton to line up for this one? Well, the, the worry for us is, is that we lost Glenn Murray for this week for to, to, to a nasty head injury. I'm sure he's probably going to be okay to play, but you know, medicine these days said that if you have a, if you're going to go to a hospital and have a brain scan just to see if there's one there, um, <laughs> that you're actually not going to be playing for the following week. So um, we're not going to be having Glenn Murray. So you, you, you've you've skipped a you, you've dodged a bullet that that week. Double whammy though, isn't it, Alan? Because of course the over 75s are potentially losing their free TV licenses as well, which will affect Glenn Murray because that's about how old he is now, isn't it? Ouch. And do you know what? He's not the oldest player on the team. Although I think even then, the oldest player on the team, who's our captain, Bruno, uh, bald head, big beard, right back, he's 38. Um, still as fit as a butcher's dog. I've got a feeling he's not playing either. He's, I think his Zimmer frame's broken. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's quite a scratch team we're going to put out this week, but it's, it, we're not putting out our, our, our first team. So I think it's going to be a little bit more incumbent on our creative midfielders to do a bit more work. We have a replacement for Glenn Murray and, and Jürgen Lacardia. And to be frank, I've seen yogurt turn quicker. So um, <laughs> it, could be, it could be a sort of a blinding nil-nil draw and, and maybe we might be lucky to get nil. Who knows? It's it's one of those games. I mean, if, if Lacardi does turn up and finally plays the game that we, we he's been asked to do, then he, he could do well. But I mean, that's the point is it's a massive 
Since Nuno came in uh, to manage Wolves, he's one of those strikers that's been linked with Wolves so much over the last 12 months and then chose Brighton in the end, the last transfer window. I'm guessing you think he made the right decision? Which, sorry, which player? A Lockadier. Um, yeah, um, not at the moment, not yet. Um, I, I believe he will be someone who who can come good. It's just at the moment, I think because we're used to Glenn Murray playing in a given way, mm. that those who are expecting Lacardia to play in the same way are going to be disappointed. He's not the big sort of crash-bang wallet bulldozer that, that Glenn Murray can be. He's a bit more sort of cute and, and pacey, and we're not really playing that way. So if we know that we're going to be starting with Jürgen Le, uh, Lacardia, then maybe we could actually sort of play that game that, that's going to suit him. If we sort of uh, you know reset to default, then... Yeah, I think we're going to huff and puff up front a little bit. What do you think of Wolves when you look at that squad? I mean, it's inherently different to what you would have been last time we played each other. Um, yeah, well, I think it needed to be because the last time we played, I mean, you, you, well, actually, tell a lie. I was about to say the last time we played was, was when we got promotion. And I think that kind of Wolves were a middling to, to promoting team. And, and, and you were still coming off the back of only just coming back from the, the third tier. Mm. Um, you were still punching under your weight. And and it's taken, but but Wolves is that that particular team, and it's it's kind of Premier League club in waiting when it's in the Championship. So when it went down to the third division, you think there are serious problems here because mm-hmm. that team should not be in the third division. So to come back up is not a surprise. Yes, Wolves have had to spend the money. Absolutely, have they spent it wisely? Tell you what, ask me again after thirty-eight games. <laughs> so um, I tend to not look at the other clubs too much. Um, in terms of the quality and the pace, might be because, as you've just realised, you can spend, you know, tens of millions and still get turned over by Watford. And as much as we were poor against Watford, I still think they were beatable. So, you know, it's about the players gelling, turning up on the day. We're still fairly early into the season. Um, so for this particular Saturday, um, it's, it's going to be a little bit of un, 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 an unknown for both sides. I mean, they're obviously done with their homework on each other but for us fans unless you actually study each other really really clearly it's going to be well let's see what happens let's have a score prediction and Alan neck on the line time oh I do hate it when people ask me this question it's, it's, it's almost like saying well how old are you and I, I just turn around and say guess well that's easy because that I mean, really embarrasses you should them. know that <laughs> <laughs> well, I, should, I, I know how old I am, but you know, you I, I just like sort of making other people squirm. Um, <laughs> given our talisman is not available, uh, our firepower is going to be curtailed, so I'm going to have to say 1 1, although I would actually consider 1 1 to be a disappointing score because we have to pick up results at home. Perfect. Alan, well, uh, best of bad luck for the weekend. And, uh, and a modicum of luck to you, but not too much. <laughs> and uh, hopefully catch you up with you uh, for the reverse fixture. All the best. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? So there you go, Harry. He reckons uh, 1-1, but he secretly, obviously, clearly thinks he's going to win. No, uh, I'm, I don't, I'm not surprised that he's uh, quite optimistic. Uh, Brighton have started well, haven't they, this season? Um, I think they're like 12th in the league and last year they did well to stay up. And sort of the games I've watched them in, I watched them when they beat Man United and uh, I've watched a couple of others. And they're quite a solid team, to be honest. I think um, they'll be pretty hard to break down. 
And if we don't get a goal uh, fairly early on or whatever, I think we might find it quite hard. So, yeah, it's one of those games where when you look at it on paper, your first instinct is probably we'll go there and win. But I'm not so sure. And I hope we do get a result, at least a point, because like Bailey said earlier, the games we've got to come after, we could find ourselves in a situation where we've like lost four in a row in a few weeks. So hopefully we can go there and do the business. I agree with what Harry says. It is a really strange game where they haven't got a full-strength squad we need to bounce back but it's not an easy place to go to and they're not a bad team it's a one all wouldn't disgrace either side in my opinion I honestly think it's probably going to be a tough one and if we lost 1-0 it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest even though I go with a bit of optimism that we're going to try and play our football and grab one ourselves but it's one of those 6-1 half a dozen the other games there's not a lot to really look into it you you look at we're probably going to play the same team unless he drops maybe Jota and possibly Johnny for Vinagra they're the only two that I could see switching it's just one of those by half past three on Saturday we could be the happiest blokes on earth and talking about how we've won the game by half time or we could be staring down the look of another one it's a tough one it's a really tough one to call <laughs> that was me skirting around a question for two and a half minutes <laughs> it was yeah to, to then finish the finish your answer with depends how we feel at half past three really. I probably feel like it's about 60 minutes of the game left I was going to say what time kick off half one no that's what I'm saying I'm just saying it. after half an hour we'll, we'll be able to tell a lot more about how the game's going to go but at the moment you just right. don't know do you uh, Jack how is it feeling in your gut I'll, I'll be honest it's been after the performance on Saturday I was saying this a little bit uh, off air before we started recording it's it's just everything's been a bit flat and I've been a bit uh, sort of disinterested in football usually I'm all over it so that, that defeat on Saturday has sort of taken the sort of uh, the, the shine of the, not the shine of the start of the season off but this sort of nullified our excitement and it in turn, it's put a bit of pressure on us. Before the Palace game, I remember going into that and saying that, that all the pressure in that game was on Crystal Palace. But now, because of our performance at the weekend, suddenly there's pressure mounted on us, particularly, as the other guys said, with the games we've got coming up. So, and the thing is, the thing is, it's a very difficult place to go. I mean, I don't know what our record is like at that new Brighton stadium, but the two times I remember going there, the one we got relegated to League One and the other one we got absolutely outclassed when they went... We beat them 1-0, when remember, up. with but, that own um, goal. Remember that one? Yeah, me and Jack fucking drove yeah, there. I remember that? <laughs> on like a Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday night. It was on a Boxing Day or something, wasn't it? It was like around Christmas. Uh, no, yeah. That, oh, yeah, that was that one there that um, we didn't think when, when we were yeah. terrible in the champ that year in the championship and we weren't expecting to win and we Graham somehow did crossed it in. Yeah, their, that one, their, so. their defender who was actually yeah. from Wolverhampton put it in, didn't he? <laughs> do you remember the year? Yeah. Do you remember when we went, Jack? I mean, it took about twenty minutes to drive yes. from London to the edge of Brighton and then two hours to get in the car park. <laughs> Yeah, that was the year they went up. That was a night game, wasn't it? I think that's what I'm thinking of. I've never been to a ground like it in my life. It is the worst ground on earth to get to, other than Palace. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is I think it's a difficult place to go. So, um, (laughs) like I said, to get (laughs) metaphorically and literally the worst place to go to. Oh, and also, there's no there's no trains the weekend, is there? There's really bad uh, trains. Great, can't wait to travel to the stadium then. Honestly, it's going to be a nightmare. I, I looked at the trains just doing a rat. You know, when you look at the next day, what the train times are to get from London to Brighton, it's like 35 minutes. And that's what Dan does instead of wanking. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm, uh, I'm feeling a bit hot under the collar. I better go and check some trains. I, th- I thought you did that while wanking. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a thing for Southern Rail? Uh, yeah, it's an absolute... Uh, in all fairness to fans going, it is a shit show on Saturday. If you get in the train to London, then thinking about going back out, it's normally a 35-minute train from Clapham Junction straight to Brighton. 
they've closed the line so it's about a 40 minute train to three bridges which is next to Gatwick Airport then a bus replacement oh service which you've got a queue for so it is going to be Bayless yeah, what about the, the train from, from Brighton to the ground will that be alright I assume that's, that's right, fine that's what I'm about, the whole ground is <laughs> yeah, about that's public transport and, it, and always remember that if you get to Brighton your ticket from Brighton to the ground is included in your match, um, ticket, match day ticket price that was beautiful well done. next week on train watch <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you we'll tell you which railway station is the least popular that was all in we the country to, to go and visit the places back in the day when we first started wasn't it right that is shocking oh. that was this that was that is literally Alan Partridge what's your least favourite railway station well yeah you've probably got a list ready to go there haven't you that's the tragic thing oh, mate I ate Crawley that's a shitter Right, anyway, anyway uh, Harry, <laughs> any any changes for the weekend? And I'll I'll bring in a, a formation change if you want it. No, no formation change. It's, uh, that, that formation's amazing. It's just the, the only, it's just the attacking options, isn't it? Uh, Jota, but yeah. as we know in Nuno, he, he, he's very loyal and he loves to stick with it. So I'm not 100 percent sure he will change it. But if he does, I think it'll be Jota. And I don't think he'll drop Johnny because I think it was just a tactical change when he brought Vanagra on against Watford. But he did really well, didn't he? But uh, yeah, I think it'll be the same team. And I think the only change we'll see is Jota coming out for Cav. But I don't know. Bayliss, what did you think about the uh, transition from the steam locomotive to the diesel powered? <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh... I have no idea what the fuck you said then. Okay, right, yeah, fine. Uh, just, just tell me what you'd change if you, if you, if you would. I think it's probably worth giving Cav a go. To be honest, where, uh, in place of for who, in place of Jota, I think just changing it up a little bit now, on the back of a defeat, might be the time to just see how it, just so it gels. Even if it, nothing comes of it, we've got not a lot to lose going down to Brighton. It's, a, it's a, as we've said, a hard place to go, and I don't think Wolves have won there for many years. <laughs> we just said we were one 0 like two year ago. We, we, I did we? just discuss oh, this. Fuck. Literally, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Are you pissed? I'm <laughs> not even pissed. First week in in months, I've not pissed, and I've completely missed that. It is a hard place to go. I, I, I don't. Everyone's saying stick with Jota, stick with Jota, just stick with Jota. We haven't gained anything from it. He's created very little so far. So maybe give Cav a go. That's that's the crux of it. Um, yeah, I don't think he will change it. I think um, just because we lost one game, I think it will be the same team, uh, but if we lose again potentially there will be changes for the following Spurs game I just want to jump in quickly and on something Harry said just thinking about um, young uh, Ruben Vinagra has he ever really done anything wrong nope. since he's any, he, he has bit part bit part uh, sort of bit part performances bit parts of the game mm-hmm. and every time he's come on every time he's done anything or any time anything's been asked of him after long periods sometimes on the sidelines he's coming to the team and he's, he's done well honestly I don't think can you think of anything any time he's come he get, on done anything did he wrong? get sent off in the yeah. cup or am I, am I making that up against Swansea yeah, apart, sent well, apart, well apart from that Harry, yeah, yeah no no he, he's a brilliant player <laughs> don't go pulling stats out <laughs> I was no he's really it. good I think the only thing because he's obviously very young sometimes he does like to do a few uh, silly dances with the ball and step overs and crap when it's not un- unnecessary but yeah he's a brilliant player mate like one for the future and whatever and Nuno must I like, like him because he got rid of Douglas and yeah. kept him so I think that says it all yeah, yeah. Just, just as an F- FYI he was sent off against uh, Swansea in the FA Cup third yeah, round that was it. I remember that, yeah. draw yeah. Uh, just to, to clear that up uh, right okay well, we'll lead us on to a score prediction before we go on to the betting odds and ticket news start with you Bayliss I hate to say it but a 1-0 Brighton oh. Jack I'm going to be optimistic and say I think it'll be a 1-1 I'm going to go the same score line that the guy suggested and I think I'd be happy with that Harry first question is are you going to vlog it yes Good man. And uh, what score prediction? I'm going to say we're going to win 2 0. 2 0. Okay, right. That takes us nicely on to your latest betting odds and ticket news. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Kelly, Chris Kamara. You're listening to the 77 Club, and it's unbelievable, Jeff. Yeah, we've got some odds out through from our partners over at Fans Bet. Gone a little bit of a mix up this week. I've gone away from the scorecast. I've tried to find some value in just some random occurrences within the game, some wins, things like that. So, the first one I've gone with is Wolves to win from going behind. It's getting you seven to one. And there's a lot of value in that, considering we've conceded a couple of goals now and we looked poor last time. Us going behind, I don't I don't see that being being out of the question. So us to win from going behind seven to one seems a decent one for us. Uh, Wolves to also score a penalty. It's just under six to one, which again, brilliant value. The way we attack the box and the pace that we've got, getting a penalty isn't out of the question and just under six to one seems a good odd there. And then spread it out a little bit. I've had a look at a couple of scores. And one that fans bet have got as a special is Wolves to win either 2-1, 3-1 or 4-1. You're getting about 3.5 to 1 for that. So again, plenty of value. We've given you a lot of range in the in the scope of the win. And the last one, as always, is that great weekend. That's a Wolves win. And Albion and Villa to either draw or lose. That's 7-1. to one. So there's not lots of value there, but I think there's lots of opportunity to probably pick a winner out of those four. Have we had, have we had a penalty yet this season? I was just trying to think then when you said that. Uh, no. Only in the cup, wasn't it? I think Costa yeah, scored it. Six yeah. against Leicester, but yeah. But against Sheffield Wednesday uh, away, real time, we like normal time. No, I didn't think we had. Uh, what was the draw, Dan? I don't know. Cool. Okay. Anyway, so ticket news. Uh, there <laughs> They're all sold out. Is there? Pretty much, man. It's getting predictable. This ticket news, isn't it? So Spurs at home um, on the third of November, the seven forty-five PM kickoff that we're all sort of looking forward to, sort of dreading the hangover the next day. Sold out. Uh, the Brighton away on uh, the weekend is obviously sold out. The Arsenal tickets they sold out as of Monday, I think. So sold out to season ticket holders with a thousand and forty loyalty points. Uh, there are still some wheelchair tickets available, though. If you were, uh, if you're, if you're if you're in a wheelchair, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to wear that. Thinking about I'm the like, steam locomotive diesel question. <laughs> no, no, I'm just I don't know how to wear that. Well, if you're out there and you're in a wheelchair, get on down to the game. Um, I, don't, yes. I don't know what to say. I've got a spare for Tottenham, so unless one of these lads snap it up fairly quickly, tweet in. You got a spare for Tottenham? I can't go. Yeah. He's going to see Nigel. Oh, I'm off seeing my Lord and Saviour, <laughs> my Lord and Saviour Nigel. I'm off to meet him now, to see him for on, bonf- on bonfire night. We make a lot of jokes about people having piles or reasons they're not here, but Bayliss is genuinely going to a dinner with Nigel Farage, that's which I know mad. anyone listening will not be surprised at all that that's happening <laughs> and isn't so, a regular so you're, occurrence. So you're, you're missing the bonfire night slash Harry's birthday night game against Tottenham to go for dinner with Nigel Farage. It's, to get that it's been booked in before the fixtures came out, unfortunately. No, no, I, I bother. Don't bother about that. But that, that's what you're missing. Oh, yeah. I took offence to it. I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry. Harry. I mean, Harry, Harry was born like literally 26 years ago, Dan. It's been in the diary for 26 <laughs> yeah. years. But we've been fighting for a strong and hard Brexit for more years than that. Oh, God. Oh, Christ. Oh, uh, Christ. Okay. I don't Is know. that the end um, of the ticket news? <laughs> uh, no, one more thing. If people are desperate to get to a game because everything's sold out, there is an under-23s game against Man United on the 26th of October, which I'm sure we're about to get a ticket for. Is that Molyneux? That is it. Is that Molyneux? Yeah, there's loads of... That's a modern, quite a few, oh, nice. That'd be a good. How many, how many they sold for that? A uh, thousand tickets have been sold. Thousand, thousand, yeah. I think. Yeah. So um, only, only thirty-one thousand left to loyalty. Uh, yeah, and it'd be a full house then. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, let's move on now to drinking in the stands. Hi, I'm Kelly Chris Kamara. You're listening to the Seventy Seven Club, and it's unbelievable, Jeff. So the Football League want the alcohol ban lifted at stadiums so fans can drink beer in their seats. 
Well, Harry, as promoted by Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. He would definitely be up for that. But Harry, I, I imagine you're you're well against that idea. Oh my god, you're mad, aren't you? I'd love it. But um, I, I, listened, I heard Simon Jordan talking about on Talk Sport, and he made a good point uh, that this rule came in in 1985, I believe, and he's saying that times have changed, which you could argue they have a bit. Um, but I think it'd be a pretty pretty risky to let away fans drink in their seats but I think maybe there's sections where you can sit and have a beer I think because come on if you're sat in the Billy Wright and you're sat there with Carlin you can't really imagine anyone in there going off their tits and being pissed and like trying to backflip off the top of the stand or anything can you so I think um, I think they should bring it in and it stops people just leaving their seat early to try and get a beer at half time and things like that so I think they should bring it in if you go to a baseball game or something and in America <laughs> like <we did>. or, <laughs> yeah but you can you can drink in in the concourse and, and a game of that caliber lasts about 17 hours <laughs> so I mean you're going to be very very drunk can Bayes bring you in there yeah I don't think alcohol is the actual issue of it I know this sounds really bizarre but if you're going to a football game and you want to get pissed you're going to do it regardless whether you do it in your seat in the pub beforehand in the pub after at half time before the game this is all about mentality of fans and I think football fans in the past showed themselves so badly that that's why it was bought in mm. and then there's never been a chance to earn back the respect and earn back the right to do that post there's no other sport in the UK where you can't do it it's just football football is the only one where it's banned and it's just it's, it's more about the actions of the fans being pissed than it is drinking in your seat and I think it actually makes it slightly worse because you're trying so hard oh, certain fans Harry are trying so hard to get <laughs> pissed before the game <laughs> <laughs> they're turning up drunk to the game which probably leads to more problems than letting people have a social pint whilst they're watching it and, is every, and because everyone's going to the bar at the same time as well and I don't know if, you, if you're necking pints or anything I mean, we don't do that but, Harry um, Jack, Jack, I'll, <laughs> Jack I'll bring you in on that because I think you're the only one that didn't want to see it I want to say I didn't want to but my initial reaction to this was it's probably not a good idea now not for this is more for sort of um not selfish reasons because obviously I would love it especially if you go to an away game there you can carry your beer around with you but thinking about it as soon as we score it's going to be everyone's going to be bloody, bloody oh, soaked, shit, particularly yeah. with beer, <laughs> they? so you're thinking if you're thinking about someone who's took their, their their wife and kids to an away game or something like that and then suddenly mm. they've got a load of rowdy people behind them drinking all game and then throwing beer every time we get a, a corner <laughs> and it ever goes up in the air which which would happen because I well, Man United me and Harry were falling down rows of seats and imagine if we did that with a, with a couple of four pints in our hands Say, also I don't think I don't know speaking on I'm thinking of away days here because that's the first thing I'll go to I don't need to drink another four pints during that hour and a half the game's been played because because uh, um, <laughs> uh, um, yeah I, I'm us- we usually get in a state enough as it is it would increase revenue beyond the bar definitely because people would buy more drinks then and not just try and neck them at half time but Harry swayed me a little bit in saying that there are certain areas where it could be because I think yeah if you think our seats in the North Bank we could sit there and have a pint and it would be fine so maybe just but then could you just block the away fans or then could you just say to this everyone can accept the South Bank um, probably not yeah, so it's one could. of these things It'd cause uproar, wouldn't it? It would cause a lot of... uh, Basically, you're saying you're you're the loudest, most rowdy fans, therefore you can't have a beer. But why not trial it? Why not trial it and say, right, all right then, we'll do the next five games, you can all do what the hell you want, have a beer in the stands, we'll sell it behind the thing, you can buy a beer whenever you want. (laughs) Jack up. Didn't um, Ipswich do it? I'm sure Ipswich did it a couple of years ago in the family enclosure part of their stadium. I might be wrong. I don't know. I thought it was league-wide initiative that you couldn't drink in the stands in any football, to be honest. I, I would have thought that's probably, yes... 
but I don't know. You might be, might be right, Harry. I'm not sure. Because they're a proper family club. Is this, this is this goes back to 1987. Did you say Harry? 85? I think they brought it in. Simon Jordan said, yeah. Right. So I mean, there's a good generation of fans that have never Had a actually drank at football. been able to do it, and so why why are we even calling for it? You, you know, you 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 can't miss what you've never had. I miss it and I've so never had it you, it's a bit I was waiting to bring the point about standing out, out of that feels like but. you're getting treated like a bunch of idiots though I mean all yes of- have you met football fans <laughs> yeah, no, I played Wat- we played Watford at the weekend and it's three years since one of their fans got done in by Wolves oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that every and, single Wolves fan is an idiot and it's a select there are, there are I knobs. think there has to be measures in place yeah, there are knobs there are absolute fucking arseholes that go to Wolves games football games in general but you can't tar everyone with the same brush Okay, what do you think of speed limits on the road? Yeah, the fucking rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's my point, isn't it? You know, there's there's one idiot that drove something at 100 miles an hour when it really wasn't safe to do so, and everyone has to do a speed limit. I I think if fans were given a little bit of respect and given the opportunity to drink in the stands, you would see a marred improvement, a massive improvement, in fact, in behaviour. People would be that like pleased to have it. They want to not fuck it. They respect it it more unless they got too drunk and then did fuck it up, but. I, I actually <laughs> good caveat I, there Harry I actually I'd like to think that but I probably I think of the reverse thing so the first game would be like oh we could drink in the Sands let's get fucking wankered and cause trouble <laughs> that, that's what I'd happen but what is the, like, but here's the here's the yeah. here's the point all of us have been to different sporting events be it cricket rugby whatever the hell it is anything not middle class oh, okay name me some other sports <laughs> but, ping pong yeah, you know, hockey speedway. speedway speedway judo everything ping pong you can all have a pint in the stand why is ping pong <laughs> I, assume, I assume so if that's what you're into Sw- swimming I assume you probably can as well <laughs> chlorine might mother taste um, why why is it Scuba just fo- why is it just football what is the difference there's the trouble in it back in the 80s all the hooligans and people fighting they just banned it because everyone was kicking off in the stands all the time weren't they and they thought that limiting the beer would help stop the violence because obviously when people have a beer they turn into bloody Rocky Marciano don't but what they is so. it, what is it with football because I've been at, so I've been to the cricket edge Baston you've been at the whole of that Eric Hollis stand which is massive bigger than the South Bank absolutely blasted Someone's arm in arm doing the conga. Football's tribal, isn't it? It's like tribal. It, yeah, everyone's yeah, everyone's the, supporting no, the same it, fucking team in our stand. I don't think it's even that. It is. It's an excuse for thugs, and that is it. Yeah. There's no the, the people that, that are that have that mentality at football. But you'd soon, and But if you did it for a few thugs. weeks, if you did it for a few weeks, you'd soon weed out the people that are there to cause trouble. And once you've got them out, it'd be a great experience for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll go through some um, some bits on Facebook. Uh, I won't read any names just just in case I call their comments ridiculous uh, but they'll know who they are uh, they, they can in the Bundesliga okay uh, would just have to hope we don't score when you've got your pint in your hands that's a good point uh, that, would be, that would be brilliant though just, you know, <laughs> did you see when England scored in uh, Hyde Park where they had the big screen yeah, it was just brilliant. like a fucking oh, everywhere. it was like it's a water, a reverse yeah. waterfall yeah. of yeah. carling to yeah. be fair, to be fair, Villa may as well get that in tomorrow aren't they they can bring that in this weekend <laughs> the there'll be no beer flying anyway uh Someone says uh, the mess, though, and someone said it would cut down on queues at half time. But imagine if your forty-nine pound T-shirt before personalisation was white and got covered in beer. Oh well, <laughs> I bet that happens anyway. That's probably already happened. But yeah. if you think, like I say, if you go back to a club revenue point of view, I reckon yeah, they'll be able to shift a lot more of it. So suddenly the cleanup costs will probably what increase a, a minor amount compared to selling X amount more, hundred or thousand five pound mm. points at half time, mm. or if not half time throughout the game. Sorry, a good point. We'll move on now to the Rich List. Hi, I'm Steve Ball, and you're listening to The 77 Club. Uh, it's been released this week. 
who wants to guess is bottom of that list of 20? Uh, Harry. Uh, <laughs> Harry is, uh, he's, not, he's not made the list. Oh, he's not made the is list. Is it the Premier League, league yeah? Huddersfield? Yeah. Not Huddersfield. Oh, God. You'll find them at 17th. Newcastle. Newcastle uh, is not correct. No, Mike Ashley's worth quite a lot, actually. I oh, think but, he, but he just won't spend it, though, will he? That's, that's <laughs> correct. Yeah, well, that's why that's why they've got loads of money because they won't it's spend all, it. It's all tied up in house. My former boss. He, don't he's speak worth two point two point four five billion pounds. Mike oh, Ashley. God. So they're in at ten. So that'll sort of let you gauge. This is these are owners, by the way. Um, you've got Liverpool. In, oh, I'll go down the list. Uh, you've got Burnley at bottom. Uh, their chairman, Fair John Banishkiewicz, uh, controller, 77% of the club. He's worth 61 million, so they're bottom. That, that just uh, makes Bour- it even more impressive how well they did yeah, this season, did it really, yeah. to be honest. Bournemouth, Max Demin is worth 100 million. Got Watford owner, Gino Pozzo, 120 million. Huddersfield, Dean Hoyle, is in at 290 million. Cardiff City, Vincent Tan, 628 million. Brighton, who were playing the weekend, Tony Bloom is worth a billion. Oh my God. Southampton owner, Zhao Xixing, <laughs> is worth 1.1 billion. Everton owner, Farad Mashiri, is worth 1.3 billion. West Ham owners, David Sullivan and David Gold, are 1.5 billion. Never. Liverpool in at 11, 1.99 to almost 2 billion. Mike Ashley, we've said, 2.5. Manchester United, the Glazer family, worth £3.6 billion. Then you've got Leicester, Vichai, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce his second name, but he's worth £3.75 billion. Then you've got Man City, Sheikh Mansour bin Zayed Al-Nayan, is worth £3.76 billion. Tottenham, Joe Lewis, is worth £3.83 billion. Crystal Palace, Steve Parrish, £3.68 million. Fulham owner, Shahid Khan, £5.28 billion. And in at three... Wolverhampton Wanderers 5.29 billion Zhao Zhang Shang is you know he's in at three not too bad is it then you've got Stan Kroenke at Arsenal at 6.5 and Abramovich is top at 8.88 a lot of billions so you get complete T- tell you what the Watford one's impressive isn't it at how far down they are yeah for the-, for the quality of players they've got playing at their Playing with them, shipping That's a lot of goals. Oh, I thought you were saying Fulham. Then I don't know why Fulham are here. I don't know. Is what, it the Fulham it? owner who wants to buy Wembley? Yeah, yes. be pulled out. That's what she said. Superb. <laughs> Does it surprise? Do any of those surprise you? I thought Liverpool. Would be yes. Um, yeah, some of them do surprise me. What surprises me is actually the. Um, the vastness between some of those. So yep. if you're thinking looking down the bottom and then looking towards yeah, the top, man. it's like it's like you know me rocking up with a grand and sitting next to someone with hundred grand cash in front of them. It's like it's it's that that massive. Even mm. though they're all Premier League chairs. The ones who surprised me was one Arsenal because they've been tight, haven't they, over the years? Arsenal, uh, but, but uh, and the other one was Man United as well. I thought they were much richer in that. The, was it the Glaziers? Is it right? The Arsenal guy owns some NFL stuff as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. But didn't the Glazers... Well, something about the Glazers and the white all kicked off was when they bought Manchester United is that the collateral of them taking out the loan to buy Manchester United was that they owned Manchester United. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they debt-financed debt off, the, off the back of the initiative that they owned, off the, back the asset that, that was worth more than the capital that they wanted to raise. Yeah, mental. 
yeah, so I thought that was quite interesting. And to be at number three, not too bad. Still can't get a striker in. Speaking of which, Benekafobi, there's been some talk about him. Uh, Kevin Thowell at the Fans Parliament, I think, this week was talking about it. It says, we made a good uh, decision in good faith to sign him, but circumstances changed very quickly. And it was considered to be in the best interest of us all to do something different. Now, Harry, I'll open that up to you first. What was the positive that we've taken out of Benekafobi moving to Stoke? Uh, well, I'm guessing that they've made a bit of money on him. Is that what it was? Is that what he said? It just says it was in the best interests of everyone. Uh, well, so, I mean, is that, is, for me, is we made a couple of million, which, I mean, with the money we got, is a couple of million anything. Hmm. Um, which we then spent on Bonatini. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, uh, as we can see at the moment, we're a bit bare in that central striker uh, department. So, you know, was it in the best interest? I don't know. I don't really think I believe what uh, old Kev said, to be honest with you. I think it was just a business transaction and they realised pretty quickly that even though they, uh, Nuno doesn't want him in his plans, they can make a couple of extra quid on a quick turnaround and just send him off to Stoke. And, and that's it, really. Um, so saying it was it changed quickly it was in the best interest so I I don't think that Fosun or anybody at the walls at the moment makes uh, decisions that change in, in, that quickly they, they've got long thought out plans regarding every player and when they signed that deal back with a phobie in January they'd have known that might have been a possibility to be honest perfect okay time for this Harry's <laughs> funny story right we've got a couple this week I've got to thank Sam for this one this is brilliant so obviously as we all know Newcastle United are struggling and uh, one of their fans is very funnily come up with a Twitter account called have Newcastle won a game and all he's tweeted out every week is no and then no and then no <laughs> and his location is at the bottom of the league and if you want to follow him it's <laughs> at Geordie's winning so uh, give him a follow I thought that was brilliant and how many tweets are there Harry when's it starts it's obviously in August and then yeah he's just, just like, kept going every uh, week it's in week isn't it no <laughs> yeah no, no, no there's literally tweets no which is uh, no. brilliant some people have got a lot no. of time on their hands haven't they <laughs> and the next one yes. is a funny story we've got to bring up we absolutely love this when we heard this it's very strongly tip that Harry Redknapp is going to be entering I'm a celebrity get me out of here now if this is true I love it oh, I was saying to Jack earlier I heard his son on a podcast Jamie Redknapp and he said it's pretty much happening and we are going to have content for weeks lads <laughs> we will have content for weeks oh, right that is Harry's story but I want to just talk to you a little bit just talking about Newcastle there is that there was a poll that Sky put out um a couple of days ago comparing which team that got promoted from the championship was better um, was it Newcastle in 2009 or was it Wolves last season so the I'll just read out the Newcastle team for you but that 11 was Harper Danny Simpson Colaccini Taylor Enrique and you've got Alan Smith Danny Guthrie uh, Jonas which is uh, Gutierrez I guess yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nolan Lovenkranz and Andy Carroll that uh, not not too sharp which which would you say was stronger Harry out of the two I mean with a a non-biased hat on I'd say they they, they got a lot of points tonight. I, I, I don't want to say because I might get shot down but I'll probably say them I know it's I, I would say them as well but ask me ask again at the end of the season we'll yeah. see good striker well, they're comparable now, aren't they? Yeah, right? they mean, mean our team they're, they're last season, Jack, what we winning. went up with. I think you look at their team... They both won the championship. Oh, okay. I mean, our, our team was obviously... We had a heavy, heavy um, foreign influence in there and young stars, but 
I don't know. That's quite, that's a close one. I mean, Andy Carroll and they must have ripped it up that season, hadn't they? No, he yeah, did, didn't he? He scored two at Molyneux, didn't he, with his head? I remember that. Uh, no, I think that was in the Prem. Is that the season before? Oh, was that in the Prem? Sorry, sorry. I know he came to Molyneux and absolutely tore us a fucking new one. Yeah, I remember that. Thank <laughs> Excellent. Okay, okay. Uh, we'll move on to uh, season tickets. Hi, I'm Matt Murray. You're listening to the 77 Club. 77 Club for life, yo. This sort of follows on from the ground redevelopment discussion that was being had at the Fans Parliament this week. The idea of the 60,000-seater. Baelish, you've had a quick look at this with your work head-on. Just give us your report. I'd like to say that we were the first to report on the fact that they could redevelop the uh, stadium whilst keeping it open. Thank you for that exclusive. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think it's very interesting. I think it's the construction method that we discussed at length, and it's probably the right way to go where they're going to do it incrementally and go around the ground if that's what we're proposing obviously we've seen no plans there's no planning application in I did have a look I've seen no planning app so they're obviously they've got to go through consultation so it's a good way off before it is going to happen just get them off the app what, store uh, can they? The, um, <laughs> I wish it was that easy Jack what's the start to finish Bayless what's the, what's the start to finish process of, of putting in an application to a brick being laid that's the biggest problem is that you don't know what the city of Wolverhampton council are going to want to go through as a due diligence process and an application process to get it onto site it could be really quick they could be like yeah crack on it's your your land get on with it or they could they could drag it out for us do you think it would be really quick when all the councillors at Wolf Council uh, go to Club Med and uh, just, have two weeks it just depends stuff. how many brown envelopes Foson International have ordered <laughs> I don't think <laughs> it's that because it's, it's, they've got to think it's something like this it's good for the city if suddenly you've got an extra 20,000 people on a Saturday in your town centre then mm. it's got to be good for business I couldn't possibly <laughs> comment at any level other than just talking about it but I, I imagine they'll push it through I don't think they'll be so is it was it the South Bank they said yeah are they just yeah, going like to build Bank, on top so, of it so what we've it? heard is the South Bank's going to go first but they'll keep it open for the whole next season and build the exoskeleton of the new stand around it like they did at Liverpool Liverpool, new stand. Liverpool did that didn't they that skeleton yeah exactly what Liverpool did basically yeah. is the plan and they'll build around make it safe for match days so fans can still come in and at the very end at the end of next season or this season rip down the middle and then build it back up again uh, but I think it also would probably rely on build, buying the land behind the South Bank, which I believe park, was owned, is yeah. owned by Carillion, who obviously went bust. So I don't know who the creditors of Carillion are. Uh, they've got to sell that off. I, th- I, th- I thought it was G4S. Is that the same thing? No, no, it's not. Is it G4S? It's, I don't okay. know. I thought it was Carillion. I think it might be, yeah. Uh, I thought it was... Well, if it's G4S, they could hold them for ransom. But um, I thought it was Carillion. <laughs> that's, that's the issue, because they, they then say, oh, doll, that car park's yeah, actually worth... Give us 200 million. God knows yeah. how much. Yeah. And because, actually, well, not a reputable company like G4S, surely. <laughs> yeah, no, not ones that like fucks up the Olympics or anything like that. And yeah. the prisons. And like <laughs> prisons, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's quite interesting that it's 60,000-seater stadium because I saw the waiting list for season tickets at Wolves now is 2,500, which is just bonkers, isn't it? It is bonkers how long they... That is how many idea. are waiting. But they, they didn't say they're going to go straight to 60. So I think the point is that they yeah. want to do the South Bank first, turn that for, I think it's about just over five at the moment. It, it'll up to it'll 10. 5,000 to the capacity yeah. of that would. If once and it, then if once they fill that the every Bank. week, then they'll go again, do the steep ball, and then it'll obviously all tie in, and then they'll see where they are, and they can always do the biddy right as the last one because there's a little bit of space at the back there to make that as big or as little as they want it to. To be fair, they should bring back drinking in stands just so they knock it down quicker because everyone will be pissed and just wreck the place anyway. <laughs> that works. Uh, right, okay, we'll move on now to the 70, 77 Club quiz. Magic mirror on the wall. Who's got the smallest of them all? Is it big enough to impress the ladies or will they feel intimidated by the bloke at the urinals? Is is massive. 
apparently. We're talking about IQs. Get your heads out of the gutter, filthy animal. It's time for the 77 Club Quiz. And your quiz this week comes from Jack, so I will hand you over to Jack. Hello, everybody. When you think Wolves podcast, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Wankers. Kind of. Terrible knowledge. <laughs> Terrible knowledge. That, that, yeah. We'll get some of that going, probably, yeah. Many of us. Uh, why, I like winding people up. Hard Brexit. Yeah. So, wind up. May, maybe, no. But you're probably thinking, actually, about talking about films. I was oh, going to say what? that, actually. Yeah. Not on talking this Wolves about podcast. Films. Jack. So, anybody who knows me probably knows my film knowledge is terrible. So, I thought... I'll do a quiz on films before someone else can. So basically, <laughs> in front of me, staying with the sort of sporting-based theme we've had in previous weeks, I have a yeah. list of 15 film titles. Now, each of these films has a sport as being a part of the main plot or a sporting base. So I'm going to tell you the film, and you need to tell me what sport it is centred oh around. Oh, my God. Lovely. Okay. Okay. Yes. okay. As, as, of, as of always, they start off quite easy and get harder, much harder as they go on. The first ones, I think, are, all, are quite easy, so you'll get the gist of it. Um, and, yeah, so there are five each. Any questions? What's the running order? The running order is whatever you tell it me it to be. Yep. Bayliss, Harry, Sam. Okay, rightio. So question one for Mr. Bayliss. As I said, they start off quite easy. You have got Cool Runnings. Uh, it's bobsled. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Of course, well done. Um, another another American classic, actually, Sam. You have got no, the Mighty... Harry. Oh, Harry, you have got the Mighty Ducks. Uh, I believe that was ice hockey. Very good. I like this, Jack. Sam, you have got Escape to Victory. <gasps> oh. I know it. Good film. Mm. Yeah, very good film. It's a classic. It is actually a classic. Is it a classic? Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Classic, I on every yeah. Christmas. I'm crap at films. This is an easy one as well. Apparently. Yeah, proper. Football? Pele's in it. Yeah, it's massive. You never seen. You'd love that, Sam. You'd love that. It's about Peel. Pele's in it. They're in like a German prisoner of war camp, and they have to play the guards at football. Yeah, yeah. it's like Mean Machine, but with but, football. But there's, there's there's loads of famous people, uh, famous footballers in it. Yeah, I can't oh, believe you've never seen that. that. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. No, no, honestly, I've seen about two films, and one of them was Greece. You went to watch A Star Is Born, didn't you? And, uh, oh mate that's a brilliant film and also she made me watch fucking Grease 2 <laughs> oh, god. oh my god put there's a Grease 2 oh it's terrible oh there's Dan's gay joke um, <laughs> Frenchie's French, in it but that's it uh, anyway round 2 well done there guys so back to Baelish you have got the film Rush it's about racing cars between uh, James Hunt and Nicky Lauder good film that I like that yep. yeah I like that film yeah. Formula 1 yep What's the, what was the, is it, what's the name of the driver uh, the driver the F1 driver the German guy I can't remember he's a knob in it though Hans Nicky uh, Nicky uh, Nicky Sticky Nicky oh you no, don't, don't do it don't do it no don't do it <laughs> oh come on someone alright louder the guy the German bloke the driver <laughs> <laughs> very good that's not the Reese oh, Witherspoon joke in it oh yeah uh, Harry you have right for you you have got the film Raging Bull that is a boxing film. Typical Harry picks the gets the boxing <laughs> question. Yeah. Um, Samuel, you have got mm. Coach Carter. I think that's basketball. Great film. 
great film. Brilliant film. Well, well done, guys. You're doing very well here. They're all really good films um, so far, Jack, as well. Yet they get they get a lot more obscure as they go further down this stand, don't you? Right. Um, Underwater basket weaving. <laughs> so, um, Bayliss, you have now got Remember the Titans. Gutted. Is that American football? It is. Good film. Very good. Very well done there. Very well done. You're doing very well so far, guys. I do. I, I do quite like my films, well, in all fairness. Yeah, you do actually. Like I said, I don't. I bear hardly watch any. Um, Harry. Chariots of Fire. Now, I have never heard of this or seen it, so this is going to be a guess. You must have heard of it, Harry. You must know the music. Chariots of Fire. I'll go with baseball. What? Nope, it's about running or athletics. Oh, I've never seen that. Sport in that one. It's another classic. So, Harry's, the, Harry's the first person to uh, drop points there. Sam. Shit. You have got Racing Stripes. <laughs> it's a great film. Racing Stripes. Racing Stripes. It's, it is a classic. It's again, brilliant. It's a really good film. Racing Stripes. But Motorsport? It's, no, Dan, what is it's it? horse racing and zebra racing at the same time. Oh <laughs> that, that is exactly what I've got written down. It's about a zebra that wants to be a racehorse. <laughs> it's a really good film. <laughs> oh, Racing Stripes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Right. So Racing Stripes because it's a zebra, yeah. It's a, it kid, it's a kid's film, that film, but it's really, yeah. really good. <laughs> okay, uh, next round. So, Bayless, you're in front at the moment. Uh, as we go, there are two rounds left. You have got the film Deep Water. I don't know so I'm going to have to guess is it diving diving Ooh. tough that no, back in we'll it it's about do. it's about sailing around the world sailing oh. there you go Harry for you now you have got Lagan once upon a time in India I'll go with cricket because it's in India well deciphered. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very well done. Oh, no. Samuel, you have got the colour of money. Ah. Uh, I don't even know where. Poker. Damn it! I don't know the No, not 100, not 100 miles away. Anyone know that? No, I've heard of the name. I've, I've heard the name, but I just don't yeah. know what it is. No, it's about a pool hustler. Oh. So, pool. Okay, as we go into the final round then, so Bayliss and Harry both have three. Sam has two. Still all to play for. So, back to Bayliss. For the final time, you have got the film Foxcatcher. Ooh. Wrestling. Wrestling. Very, very good film. Well done, Dan. It's about a, uh, a wrestling well coach that ends up murdering one of his pupils. Don't very, very good now. film. Yeah. Well done, mate. Well done. Well done there. Harry, mm. if you get this right, Sam has lost. Again. Dun, dun, Again. Dun. Harry, you've got the film Paranoid Park. Think about it. So I've never heard or seen of this, so it's going to have to be a guess. Paranoid Park. Hines. I'm going to go with golf. Golf? No, it's a film about a murder that's committed in a skate park by a skater, skateboarder. So skateboarding uh, was the answer there. Okay. 
So Sam, if you get this no right, pressure. you tie up with Harry and have to think of a tiebreaker that I again haven't prepared. <laughs> Excellent. Um, um, <laughs> so your film is Murderball. Mm. I can, I can. I'm thinking like, I'm sure we played that before. Rugby. You know what? That's a shot and a half. It's wheelchair rugby, but I'll give you that. Well done. Oh my god! It's a. It's like a part documentary, part biopic, isn't it? It's about the I the American. You know, it's about like the American it. disability it's about, rugby team. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about a Paralympic yeah, team. Yeah, yeah uh, who play wheelchair rugby. Yeah, so I think rugby's fair enough. I would have given you rugby if you said it. So we need a tiebreaker. Brilliant. Oh great. <laughs> um, bear with me two seconds. Can it be a question on Greece? Oh no! Just get a random another film film up right then okay guys i've got a tiebreaker and it's uh, loosely based on the films we've just been talking about mm-hmm. i would like uh, harry can say it sam you can text it to me not in the whatsapp group obviously but yeah. how much did the 1993 film cool runnings make at the box office oh that's closest answer wins harry you've gone with 35 million sam has gone with 75 million and the amount, according to Wikipedia, it made at the box office was 154 Fuck million. Oh. 154.9 million. That was wild. <laughs> right. Okay. So I think we need to add up uh, who's doing what. I'll, I'll do. I'll business. do that in the week. I'll make. I'll make a spreadsheet. Just a quick one on the social, Sam. Yeah. It work. Yeah, Harry, go on. Uh, yeah, just a little plug again. Facebook and Instagram, The Wall 77 Club, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. And we are on Spotify now, aren't we? Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Libsyn, and any other like app that you download. So please rate us, subscribe, and do all that funny business. Yeah, make sure you subscribe if you enjoy the podcast and uh, you like what we do, then tell a friend. And uh, yeah, hit that subscribe button because then it'll automatically get downloaded and then you can have us in your pockets. Uh, wherever you want. Okay, uh, so your pundits is where? Harry Mansell. Yeah, see you Saturday Wolves fans. Dan Bayliss. Torabit. And Jack Williams. I won't see you Saturday Wolves fans, but bye. Good guy, good guy, good guy. Every day. Eight Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network.